Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm Erica. We are the Shieldcraft Junkies and this is our podcast. It's for professionals, home bakers and everyone in between. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news, trends, ones to watch, and so much more. So stay tuned. So, Erica, what have you been up to on this lovely lockdown? Well, I think you need to lower your expectations about what's <laughs> news at this point. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I've been continuing my um, hula hoop classes. They've been really good. Oh, I they've have been, really been spying you on Instagram doing that. Yeah, they've been quite <laughs> enjoyable. Um, obviously been going to work still, which seems to, that feels like all I've done, but I've actually made a list of what I've done to remind me, and it's oh, actually well quite a lot. So, um, I fixed the greenhouse, so there was a greenhouse in my garden when we moved in, I didn't buy it, and it's right up against some trees, and there was panels that have always been a bit broken, but it wasn't like a big gap. And I went in there the other day, and there was this enormous hole that I could probably have fit through myself. <laughs> So I thought, right, the fox is just, just going to get in and poo everywhere. So it needs to be, <laughs> needs to be like made fox proof again. So I got out my um, stained glass because I had a load of glass that I haven't used for years. So I've patched it using that. I don't think it will last that long because it's not leaded because I didn't have enough lead. It's only copper foiled, which isn't really meant for outside <laughs> use. So it'll probably just last until the shops reopen for me to go and get some glass or polycarbonate to put in it. But it's quite pretty for the moment, and that's fixed. It, it looks quite good. I mean, you did try and walk me up the garden the other day. Yeah. What, on, on, <laughs> didn't work, no. No, internet cut out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it will do for the minute, hopefully for a few months. Um, done a tax return. Well done. Yeah, so that was time well spent. Uh, been done, done quite a lot of gardening. I did a bookbinding class online, which was really good. So oh. they poked me out the kit, which came in like an A4... Um, size package which fit the letterbox I booked it on Obby which is where I used to have to hug my coffee um, and it was really really good you talked on Zoom it was two and a half hours yeah it was hardback bookbinding and I made this little notebook oh hold on wait wait for the click I've got to go between uh... are you on the wrong page oh cool yeah so little notebook with birds and little ribbons on and there's enough in the kit to make another one and I've made a couple of other little bits out of leftover wrapping paper that I had so a little, oh fantastic little notebook like that and then I've made one for my friend Emily because she's been off for a week at work she has books like this oh um, brilliant she's been off for a week self-isolating she didn't have coronavirus so it was <laughs> negative yeah but while she was off I ate all her crisps and it was also her birthday <laughs> and I didn't buy her a present so I've made her a notebook <laughs> <laughs> to compensate for the crisp, the crisp munching. <laughs> yeah, for, for eating all her crisps while she was off and <laughs> getting her no birthday present. <laughs> well, I love those. They look really good. Yeah. It was honestly, it was such a good class and the time absolutely flew by. And it's and quite nice because normally their classes are London based. Yeah. And where quite a lot of people are doing stuff online now, obviously you can do it anywhere in the country. So whereas before you'd have had to travel, now yeah. you're not. Obviously, it's a bit more expensive because they're posting out the kit, but the kit I've got now means that I can do all this from home, and the only equipment I need is paper, which, to be fair, I already have most of that. Anyway. Oh, fantastic. So do you have to – is it a repeat thing that they're doing? Can you can you join it at any time? Yeah, it's like a one-off, yeah. and they'll put up 
up dates and you pick the date you want. Yeah. Um, I think you need to book over a week ahead just so they've got time to post you out the kit and it to arrive in time. But there's all sorts of stuff on there. Um, there's like macrame and spoon carving and painting. Okay. But the book binding um, is really good. What are the prices like to do that? The softback book binding is 35 and the hardback's 45. That's um, not bad though. If you, it's not too bad. And there was only three of us in the class. Excellent. And the kit I've got is probably worth, with the postage, is probably worth £15 of that, to be fair. And will you be able to then go on and do some more so you know what's in the kit now and you can get your own stuff and do yeah, it? Yeah, basically. I've got everything I need. So there's like cutting mat, there was a, a, a knife, some ribbons, a little all to make the holes, um, glue, a metal ruler, literally everything you need. The only thing that I would need to keep getting for wanting to make more books would be wrapping paper for the cover. Yeah. Uh, some nice paper for the inside, so generally coloured paper, some description, whatever mm. paper you're going to use for pages. And then for the hard back bit of it, that's just the grey paper at the back of a notepad. Oh, The grey cardboard at the back of a notepad. So, so you're recycling as well. Hmm. Yeah. You're recycling, and I've used up, you know when you get nice wrapping paper? Yeah. And there's a bit left that's yeah. like too small for most presents, but yes. too big to throw away. Make a notebook. <laughs> what a brilliant idea. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That, that will keep me nice and busy. Yeah. <laughs> I can see what the Christmas list is going to be this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what have you been up to? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I've been quite, I feel like I've been quite busy. Been doing lots of Guild stuff. So last week we had a workshop on our little Zoom uh, meeting. Oh, okay. Um, is that the one I saw the pictures of? It is, yes. We made pinwheels. I always think of the, the uh, what are they called? The, the ones that you get at the seaside where the wind yes, spins them round. Yeah. I was going to yeah, say, what do I call them? Oh, they're pinwheels. Uh, <laughs> windmills. <laughs> so um, Kate showed us how to do those and it was brilliant. It was a really nice way to spend an afternoon and made a change. I kind of felt a little bit more motivated after doing that. So we've, we've been carrying on doing our regular chats and bits and bobs, uh, spending my time homeschooling still, loving yeah. that. But if uh, if all goes to plan and they manage to work it out, come the 1st of June, I'll have one going back to school. Yay! <laughs> yep. I think she'll be as pleased as well. But I'm assuming that they want to get year sixes back in because they've got a transition to secondary school um, yeah. in September. So what else have I had? Oh, I've had my husband's um, birthday. Uh, he, got oh, yeah. a, he got a leftover cake out of the freezer. <laughs> nice <laughs> well that was because last week uh, it was my daughter's 16th so Aww. he had freezer cake and she got a nice chocolate cake <laughs> which I did I said to her what kind of cake do you want what how do you want it decorated because I'll need to start doing bits for it and she said I don't know I don't know so I said, well if you don't tell me then I'm going to make you a bed and I'm going to have you sitting by your bed doing a jigsaw puzzle um, because that is what she has spent all of her time doing for lockdown. <laughs> so I think I sent you pictures of, um, yeah, of what I managed to create. Nice. Yeah, it is, it is her the in her Little Mix sweatshirt sitting okay, on the floor. I, I didn't recognise the logo. Yeah, no. I, was like, I thought I should get some kind of computer game. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all, it's all written in... Japanese, I think it's it says wasabi down one side. Trying trying to write down the arms of a small figure is quite difficult, but 
It was it was fine. It's That's vintage. good. She liked it, and there's still some cake left, which is quite surprising, good. really. Um, we did do a little celebration out the front on VE Day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we passed us by so quickly. Um, there was a few people down the road playing some nice 1940s music, so we sat out and I did make some scones, and I was determined to sit out the front. Yeah, <laughs> so that was My quite nice. Made cakes. Oh really? Made cakes. Yeah. So she gave us subs, that was quite nice. <laughs> oh, fancy. Did you do anything for VE Day? No, it was my first day off after working like, the rest <laughs> of the week. So I didn't really, it's like, we've got no food. <laughs> and I've had no time, so no. Oh, bless you. <laughs> it's hard, it's so hard. Um, there was, I think it was a bit of a poor showing down our road, really. But a road round the corner, there was quite a few people out and the houses were nicely decorated and okay. people were social distancing up the road. It yeah, see, ours, like, people mostly stayed in. There was no one out, really. I think she was the only person within sight and they decorated their house. But oh. I think that's probably because opposite us, there are no houses. There's a park and oh, yes. a road that goes off at an angle, so we've got no one opposite. Yeah. Um, so it's only really our side of the road. Um, and then a lot of the people are elderly, so they wouldn't necessarily be on Facebook or aware yeah. of fans because there was no leaflets in the door. No. no. Well, to be honest, I only saw the um, thing come through Facebook the morning of. So I was in the kitchen going, I'm going to make some scones. I'm going to. <laughs> uh, I only knew because I was putting my rubbish in the bin the other day and she was out there. She's like, oh, you're doing stuff on Friday. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, you did have the bank holiday down still as the Monday. So you were quite lucky, really. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And the only other idiotic thing that I've uh, decided to do is I've decided to attempt to do the couch to 5K. Oh, that's good. I started, I didn't start that, that's a lie. I went on holiday with my friends who went to Oxford for a weekend a few years ago. And one of the girls there was doing it. And it's very achievable. So I, I did one morning of like jogging around the square in Oxford with her. (laughs) well okay so i've basically died so far (laughs) (laughs) i've gone out uh what time did i i went i went out this morning at Mm. about quarter to seven before everyone's up yeah before everyone's (laughs) up before there's any sun yeah before anyone can see me um yeah yeah don't tell anyone i'm doing this (laughs) (laughs) keep it a secret yeah keep it a secret um, and I've done I've done two runs now. Oh, okay. Run two of the first week. Okay. <laughs> so, and, and I'm glowing. You are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> it's only sixty seconds. Why does sixty seconds feel like it's three hours when you? <laughs> you need to get something to listen to. Well, I I have got some music, and I wondered I couldn't get it to work this morning. And I thought, oh, it's too early. My phone won't let me listen to <laughs> won't let me listen to it. <laughs> You're meant to be in bed still. <laughs> and I did. And I, I have to say, I swore at the um, the coach. <laughs> I can't tell you what I called her, but I really didn't like her this morning. Um, so I'm I'm scared. So the next time we meet, this is my, you know. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna keep me going. Uh, so the next time we meet, I should get a little bit further. I may have to repeat a few weeks. <laughs> it's quite gradual, though. It's not that bad. Like it doesn't just go up massively. It is, it really is like a gradual step. Yes, 
I think it's like 30 second increments or something like that. It's not yes, but when 60 seconds is three hours, then another 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I did a year, I think about a year ago, I started it and I got I got to week three. Okay. So my aim is to pass three week three. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how I go from there. <laughs> You'll be running over here in no time. <laughs> yeah, but I'll have to start a week before. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring my sandwiches. Put a little scent on my back. <laughs> right, let's go on. Let's go on to see what we found in the way of new things. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite surprised there is actually some new stuff. Thank God. Yeah. Yes. Um. Well, we had Cake International online, didn't we, back in Mo- April? April, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, April, when it was supposed to be in London, obviously got cancelled, they did it online. Um, they're redoing another one, and this is the 27th to the 28th of June, 2020. Yes. It looks like it's, all they've advertised so far is the cake competition, so it looks like it's an online cake competition that you can enter, submit your pictures of your cake, and then presumably be judged and potentially win the prize or something like that. Yeah. Jury's out. Yeah, I'm, I'm really quite bothered. Like, I haven't got most of the stuff I would need and well, I don't really feel like ordering it. I don't think it really motivates me. I guess if you really wanted to do that, and I don't know if that being your New Year's resolution or something, then it would give you a credit and something to do, wouldn't it? Yes, I suppose. I'd only want to do a cake if I was going to be able to reuse it, though, for something else. Yeah. But then I suppose where you're not transporting it, you could actually make a real cake and then eat it this time, couldn't you? Rather than using you know, rather than using cake dummies and then obviously people's hands have been all over it, you could actually make something and then And then run five K to wear it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could run to the shops to buy the stuff. I'll be going a long way. My shop's shut now. <laughs> so have you got anything else that's new that's come through your feed um, recently? I don't know if this is brand new, but PME have got a portable USB airbrush, which I had seen advertised recently. Oh, yes. So yes. this is something which I haven't really heard of before. Um, it looks like, if you imagine a fire extinguisher, but in gold, it would fit in your hand. And it's got attached to the top, instead of where the little black handle would be, it's got an airbrush on it. That's basically what it looks like. It does look quite posh, actually. It does look very smart. Um, it's recommended retail price is $79.99. It says uh, portable handheld airbrush, ideal to top a cake, ideal to top up a cake while setting up at venues or live demonstrations. Perfect to use quickly and easily without the need of an electrical socket. You can recharge it from a power bank or USB, but it also works plugged in. I would want to know if you can replace the battery when it runs out, because if you can't, then I would absolutely not be interested in it. it Charging is one thing, but when the battery dies, you need to be able to replace it. Yes, yes. I'd also like to know how long it lasts for on the charge. Yeah, that's true. So if yeah. you're going to airbrush a cake, you want to know that you can airbrush the whole thing in one go. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's aimed more at demonstrators and people who work at shows as opposed to people working from home. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I could see it. It's quite good if you're if you're going to do a demonstration, say, for example, at a guild where you could take... Or, or at a show. Yeah, yeah. That would work quite nicely, I guess. Yeah. 
or even if you were doing like farmers markets or something like that and you wanted a little something on your stand i would be the sort of person that would stand behind a wall and then come out like a gun <laughs> just airbrush people <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be interested in it at home. It's just potentially. It's not even really lighter to carry because the plug-in ones are so tiny, aren't they? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't buy it because I already have an airbrush. But if mm. I didn't have an airbrush, I might consider it. Yeah. Hmm. It looks nice. Yeah. What have you found? Well, I have found uh, FMM. I've got a few nice new things. Okay. If you like some new cutters, um, FMM have got an animal print cutter. Um, which I think is £10. So they've got a moth orchid as well out. Um, I don't know. There are lots of moth, excuse you. There are lots of moth orchid cutters. So I don't know what yeah. this one's going to bring to the table that's going to be any different. It seems to be the fashion currently. Everyone's bringing out something. Yeah, but there's so many. So I don't know. I don't know. I can't I can't decide whether it's whether it's worth actually. I suppose sizing might be the only thing if you yeah, that's uh, true. if you want something that's a slightly different size. They have got I quite liked their seasonal leaves that they brought out and this is with Natalie Porter from Immaculate Confections. Oh um, they were really nice. Yeah, so there was an oak leaf, a hawthorn, maple and sycamore. And they're a reasonable size as well. So if you want to do quite a large covering or have them scattered down the, the side of a cake yeah. in the autumn, that could look quite nice because they range from eighty five millimetres, eighty five by seventy to Coaster size is roughly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then I guess the so they've put they've put the sizes. I'm assuming they're relating to uh, the leaves. So I'm assuming that that is the oak leaf, and the sycamore is 42 millimeters by 55 millimeters. So okay. actually, they're quite a reasonable size. And they have they've got a new smart paste, which is a modelling paste. Uh, it's 2.99. I don't know how big the pack is. I did try to find out how big the pack is. But well, for two ninety nine, it could be any size, really, couldn't it? Yeah, it could be yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't tiny up to like two hundred and fifty grams. Or yeah, bigger. <laughs> I don't know. I did try to find out, but there's nothing. I did email, um, but I haven't had a reply yet. So okay. if, we, if we find out the size, then we'll yeah. let you know. Yeah, um, is that smart paste just designed to be used in their cutters, basically? Yes. So up until now. We've all used, I don't know, Renshaw's flower and modelling paste, maybe. Mm. Um, so what makes this any different? I don't know. But it'd be interesting. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they just fancy doing their own thing so they can sell their own yes. brand when they're on stand. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I just think that it would be nice to know how big the packet was. Yeah. Um, and then Katie Sue uh, sent me an email about their new members club. So this is a Flower Pro partnership with Nicholas Lodge. Um, again, I don't, I don't know whether it'd be something that it wouldn't be something that I would particularly want to do. Um, it costs fourteen ninety nine a month, um, and it's one hundred and fifty pounds for the year. Yeah, we had to look online, didn't we? And Katie, if you're listening. Please update your website and make it more simple to click through because you Google it and you've got to click through about three different pages of tell me more before you actually get to the more information by which time I think people might have lost interest. Yes. Um, it seems to be that you get early access to new products and new video tutorials, which we can't tell the video tutorials are normally free anyway. No. Um, you've got live stream events and expert-led masterclasses mm-hmm. and competitions, essentially, and then if you want to buy 
bi-weekly annual, you can get 10% off your purchases and a free merchandise pack. Mm. And there's a few other things as well. Mm. Um, I guess if they're doing masterclasses for free, and that's fourteen ninety nine a month, and you're getting live stream events for free in that price, as long as they're doing more than a couple of months, that might be yeah. less than you would pay to do it if you were buying them. But then if they're videos that they're just putting out anyway for people yeah. to so they can sell the product then that's not so uh, that's not so good yeah i'm not entirely sure what you're getting from being in the club that you wouldn't get for not being in the club no no as we were saying i mean you could potentially buy a mold a month for that yeah yeah and the 10 percent offered by the annual is not going to be massive because you're not going to spend that much money yeah yeah so so jury's out on that one just to go yeah. back to the um, FMM, the um, the animal print, I just wanted to tell you the prices, because the animal print is oh, £10. Yeah. The moth orchid is £6.76. Strange number. Uh, and the <laughs> seasonal leaves are £9.50. Um, but you get free postage and packing over £10. So I don't think well, that was good. too bad, actually, if you wanted to, you know, get something new and have a play. Um, yeah, and then the only other thing that I've uh, seen recently is the new patchwork cutters, the pretty big okay. range. Yes. So again, another moth orchid, but <laughs> but it's <laughs> quite yeah, <laughs> but it's quite nice. It's quite a nice moth orchid, and yeah, you I do get, actually really like that one. Yeah, it's really pretty, um, and you get um, a flower, two leaves, and two buds, and that's eight pounds. Yeah. So you can make an actual flower as they grow. So when I said moth orchid, I was just imagining the flower head, and it's not, it's the entire No, so you can do it up. They showed it up the side of a three-tier cake, didn't they? Yeah, it looks very nice. It looks really nice. Um, They've got a pretty big sunflower, and I know you weren't so keen on this, but I do like it. Uh, Again, that's £8, and you get one large sunflower and two leaves. Maybe I just like it because it's quite striking, and I mean, that kind of Yeah, I like it, but it just reminds me of it looks to me at a glance like every single sunflower that you can make from the gerbera cutters and that sort of thing there's nothing about that that's overly different to what's out there i just think that the gerbera cutter you just cut a flat you get one set of leaves around whereas this you get some behind as well and you get the center so i i did quite like it um and then you've got the pretty big rose as well again eight pounds and you get a leaf, um, rosebud, and two blossoms for that. And I thought that looked yeah. quite nice as well. Yeah, it looks very really nice. They've embossed it on the cake, haven't they? Yeah. And then painted, painted it. it in. looks really pretty. Yeah, yeah. So Because it's big, it looks, you don't have to do so much of it. No, no it covers up a I lot of your imagine, cake. Yeah, I imagine they're kind of palm-sized, yeah. the roses. Yeah, I thought it was really pretty. And yes, it does cover up quite a lot of your cake. So you don't have to do tons of work mm. you know you, you put it up the cake and it, it's quite an impact on it yeah um, so for patchwork cutters you get free delivery over 50 pounds in the uk um but if obviously you're not going to spend necessarily that much on patchwork so the cost <laughs> you'd get a lot wouldn't you the cost is based on weight so they're not that sense. heavy yeah they're not that no. heavy so i don't suppose it would be too much um, but uh, yeah i quite like those I yeah. like the fact they're doing their postage by weight because that is how you pay for it. They're not really making yeah. money on postage; they're charging you what they get charged. And that yeah, and that. yeah, yeah. I do like that. So that's um, so that's my new new out this month. Sugar and crumbs. Oh Baby yeah. Flavors. They had. I know we've passed VE Day, haven't we? But they have yeah. got 
two is it two new flavours? Yeah, I think so. They had um was it apple crumble? I'm just they were the traditional to... British pudding type flavours, weren't they? They were. She says as she rummages through her notes that she wrote down somewhere. Oh, I'm yes. make you a notebook. <laughs> You'll have to make it a large one. I have got one. It's just <laughs> yeah. that I write down in lots of places. So they've got, so it was an apple crumble. My memory did serve me correctly. So it's five hundred grams and it's two ninety nine. And they've got a sticky toffee pudding as well, which is also five hundred grams. Two ninety nine. Their P and P is from four ninety nine and it's free over forty pounds, which isn't that hard to spend no. on icing sugar, but. I do I like this stuff. It's probably. I also think it's probably quite expensive for them to post because the bags are big. It's weighty. And it's quite heavy. It is quite weighty. Um, I do like this stuff, although some of them I do find incredibly sweet. Mm. So uh, I suppose you can like water it down with normal icing sugar, couldn't you? If it's you can much. do a half and half. So they suggest that, but not because you can bake with it as well. So you need to leave it as okay. it is for baking because the flavour deteriorates in baking. But actually, yeah, for buttercreaming, you could do a 50-50 mix. So it will go further, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Some nice stuff there, yeah. I look forward I to seeing say, what comes although, out next Although we kind of poo-pooed the Katie Sue members club, I do actually really like Katie Sue moulds, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Very, <laughs> yeah, I do like quality. Katie Sue. <laughs> the designs are lovely. Yeah. I'm just not sold. It's only the club. the club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't think we don't like you. So this month's topic is copyright, fakes and designs. Quite a juicy one. There seems to be an ongoing problem we face in the sugar craft industry. Definitely. And I think a lot of industries where there's design type things. So I think there's quite a few angles you can come at this. You can come at this as a producer of a product yep. who is trying to protect their items from being copied or being sold illegally. Or you can come at it from a consumer point of view. And I think there is some kind of crossover between the two, but there's two very distinct sides to this, I think, as well. I think you're right. And I think that it's not always easy to know whether you have got your hands on something that's fake when you're buying it on the internet. No, I think I think it's very difficult to buy online and know exactly what you're getting unless you're buying from, from a, reputable. a retailer yeah. that has premises, that is reputable yeah. and has... Con, you know, you can trace them easily as to where they are if you want to complain. They've got to report to some kind of agency that checks their standards, so be it the council or the laws in a certain country, which you're just not guaranteed on eBay and Amazon, are you? Nope, nope. There seems to be a few websites out there as well that's uh, that does this prolifically, I would say. Um, I think mm. I sent one over to you, didn't I, uh, yeah, last night? Alibaba. Yes. That's uh, that seems to be a classic, and actually, that was full of fakes. I did scroll down and go through it. Yeah, it's unbelievable that they can get away with it. Well, yes and no. So Alibaba is based in China. Yeah. Um, kind of fakes that try and pass themselves off as the original. So they'll use the same colours, the same designs, the almost identical packaging, but only if you knew what you were looking for would you be able to distinguish it from the original. Yeah. If you weren't very up on what. The proper packaging looked like you could easily mistake one for the other. Yeah. Because yeah. for all you know, they could be storing them in their dog bed and, you know, dragging yes. them along the floor before they post them out to you. They could be made from anything that could yeah. have all sorts of poisons in it. And if the ones we were looking at, it was a pack of eight tools for a dollar. Now, they're clearly not paying anyone sensibly. So what's the safety like in their factories? Yes. And, and, and sort of by not buying the originals, 
I mean, when you're talking about smaller businesses, particularly yeah. um, when you look at like Karen Davis or the Dragikis, Katie Sue, yeah. they that is their livelihood. And by buying something that's not uh, original, you're actually yeah. impacting on them as a as a business and being able to pay themselves buy things for their family you know it's a or, or yeah, even pay staff yeah and their ability the impact on their ability to be able to produce new products because instead of spending that money yes. on creating new products they're spending it on clamping down on fakes because yeah. if you bought it thinking it wasn't original and it harmed your customer or if you bought it thinking it wasn't original and it's rubbish yeah. you're not going to buy any more of their products no it actually costs you a lot of money to actually chase them through courts um mm. But, the, I mean, there is a difference, isn't there, between having a registered design and an unregistered design. And it is easier to get things removed as a registered desi- design. Yeah, so there's a few things. So um, going back to space quickly, yeah. did you see there was a programme on Channel 4 last week called The Truth About Amazon? No, I did see it, but I didn't get to watch it. It was quite interesting. So one of the things they covered was on Amazon, the Amazon's Choice products. Yeah. So you know when you go on Amazon, you get certain things that say Amazon's Choice is a little tag. Yes. It was basically saying how they were determined because a lot of people were trusting that, thinking that it was a you know a good thing to buy and it was better than all the rest. And it's actually just determined by computer algorithm. Okay. It's based on things like how often the product is available for sale, the price of it compared to other products of the same name and that sort of thing. There were things that were Amazon choices that were fakes, that were dangerous, that had to be recalled because of safety, all sorts of things like that. They're not actually monitored and recommended by a person. So you can still be buying a fake product that's got the Amazon Choice label on it. Right. That's very deceiving, isn't it? I mean... It is. The the only experience that I've had, and I did stop using Amazon for a very long time because I I fell, I fell foul of, of them and I ordered some bits for the shop um it was it was a a cake slicer okay uh it was kitchen craft cake slicer the picture was of the product the uh, everything about it would make you suggest that it was the product um so i put an order in i'd ordered before but not from this seller and then when they arrived there was no way that they were the product at all um so i mean I did I did submit a complaint um about it and I got a refund but how it was chased yeah. up or whether it was chased up I have no idea. I'd imagine it's quite difficult as a retailer not a retailer as an online presence to keep on top of that yes. because it'd be very very easy for me if I'm selling fake products I'll get my shop track down I set up a new email address and I open up a new shop in a new name and yes. you can do it in minutes. Yeah yeah. And I think part of the problem is a lot of the fakes are coming from China. Yeah. And the issue with that is China does not recognise copyright as a concept. Yes, okay. They're not going to, as a country, they're not going to enforce laws they don't recognise to be, not even important, just exist. Um, I think it's because, one of my friends explained it to me a bit like this, um, because it's a communist country, everything is for the country. So if you design something and you live in China, you don't own the rights to it. The country owns the rights to it. If right. anyone is entitled to reproduce that design and make money from it because it's for the good of the country. Okay. So it's sort of 
So their ethics, their ethics are slightly different, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. The mindset is completely different. Yeah. So to come along and say you can't use that design, it's mine, doesn't mean anything to them. No. So therefore, they're not really going to enforce copyright. No, no. It's they can't see a problem with the no. what we have over here because yeah, it, it's something that they would ordinarily do in their everyday life. Yeah, it's it's a completely different sort of social mindset and in terms of entitlement and who owns what is that you don't own designs yes yes but over here (laughs) yes over here you can own designs you can own designs (laughs) we've done quite a bit of research haven't we we have been doing a bit of rummaging we found a very good website on the british library and they've got a british library business and ip center so yeah. IP intellectual property and it's a free service on their website which breaks down all of this into very usable readable chunks relevant to various industries it's to help small businesses so it will be things like how do I copyright my product um, what is intellectual property how do I protect myself from XYZ so if you want to know more go there and have a read up because there is loads you can access they also have some paid webinars and some free ones but it's all very easy to understand i thought it was a brilliant site actually and you get a lot of easy to read information yeah absolutely so we started off with um trademarks didn't we we did yes so you can trademark your brand and your brands can be words sounds logos colors gestures which is a new one or a combination of all of them. And yep. you trademark with the intellectual property office. Uh, you can do free searches to check if anybody has got an identical trademark to the one you're trying to submit. I thought that was quite interesting, actually, um, having a bit of a, a Google and looking at what other people trademark. Oh, really? Yeah, I, mean, I looked, um, I put in Cadbury's and see what they've got. And they have 40 or 50 pages worth of stuff that they've trademarked and okay. under lots of different categories. So yeah. there's 45 classes that you can register yes. under. Yeah. 43 are in the food and drink services. Oh, sorry, sorry. Class 43 is the food and drink service. Um, so it's got 1 to 34 are goods, 35 to 45 are services. Yes, yeah. And you can trademark your, your name your brand name and a picture, a logo or yes. a design that's that's on there as well. Yeah. But it, it's so quite I'm interesting sure. going through, seeing what they have trademarked and what has presumably not worked as well. So just yeah. it's just an interesting little uh, thing to look at. Yeah, <laughs> trademark's not cheap. So it's £170 no. pounds for one trademark in one class. In one class, yeah. If you do it electronically and 250 if you do it via paper. Yep. And for each extra class, it's an extra 50 quid. Yeah, yeah. However, if you're going to go into business creating products... You need to do it, don't you? isn't it? You need to do it, yeah. yeah. And also, which we found interesting, if someone's got an identical trademark to you, it doesn't mean you automatically can't do it. You no. You have... If it's in a different class... Logo in a different class, you yep. have the same logo and the same colour and the same name in a different class. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I guess that makes sense. So it probably depends on how specific your logo is to your your industry. So yeah. let's say you had something very specific to your industry, which had your name in it, and it was something. It was a made up word. 
yes. you know, that that was very much you, as opposed to, I don't know, Arrow Solutions and you've got a logo of an Arrow. I mean, that could be anything. Yeah. Something quite a generic name with quite a generic logo. You could legitimately have a business that does IT and a chain of laundrettes and no one's going to mix them up. Yeah. Isn't this the whole Joe Lycett thing as well, where he changed his name to Hugo Boss because they were trying to sell, Hugo Boss were trying to sue some small businesses because they had the same name as them. Yes, I think so. And they were like one-man bands doing very low-level things that were clearly not going to be mixed up with a... (laughs) 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 So we also found out about patents, didn't we? Yes. It's design rights and unregistered design rights. Yeah, it gives the inventor the right to stop others for a limited period of time from making or using the invention without permission. So the UK patents only give the holder rights in the UK. So again, that's probably, you know, like we were talking about China. Yeah, um, you can only enforce the law in your own country. Yes, can't you? there is so much out there, I think, which is why it could get confusing. And I think that if you're going to go down this route, it is wise to consult a solicitor and make sure you're doing oh. everything properly because they know the letter of the law and they know, Absolutely. you know, it's their job, isn't it, to make sure that yeah. you are protected. As tempting as it would be to rush straight into production, actually, there's going to be a lot of groundwork you need to do before you even approach anyone yeah. about production and an awful lot of money you're going to have to have spent on this. Yeah, definitely. Before you get to that stage. Yeah, and it's worth yeah. it because yeah. there's so many people that haven't done that. Um, then mm. that and then foul of they have being trusted, and it's so it. sad because people put their life savings into mm. doing things. It's not, it's not really what you want to see. Yeah, well, one of the things that we found out was that if you're employed by a company and you create something during your work hours while you're on payroll, you do not own that design. It's the company that owns the design. So if I had an idea for a product and I went to, let's say, for example, Squire's Kitchen or FMM or PME, some kind of manufacturer that's well-known and said, I've got an idea for this product, and they say, why don't you come and work with us for a couple of months and we'll develop it? Yeah. If I am then on their payroll for a couple of months, that is their product. It's no longer mine because the work we've been doing in development belongs to that company. So if after two months they drop me and say, thanks very much, we've got what we need, goodbye. Yeah. I don't owe anything anymore. I have given it all over to them because they've employed me. Yeah, yeah. But whereas you'd kind of, you'd want to be um, subcontracted or something so that they're paying an yeah. invoice to you. Yeah. And then you would belong. Yourself. Yeah. You would then own that, wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 You, you need to develop it yourself and then come to them with the finished product yeah. and let them buy it off you for whatever, you know, whatever terms you, you decide. But I think it's very easy to fall into that trap of being on someone's payroll without even really realising it. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And not realising quite what you're signing over. Yeah. And I believe that if you are going to have a, create a design that's not, you're not registering it, so it falls under mm. the unregistered design, you really yeah. want to take photographs of your stuff in production with you yeah. in the photo as it's being produced and those copies of those photos are sealed in an envelope and they're held with 
the the bank or your solicitor um, or you mail it back to yourself and it remains unopened yeah. and it's got to be dated. Um, yeah, it needs to be registered post. Yeah, and you just and you don't open it until you're in court defending. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, the other thing that I found quite interesting was um, people like uh, Karen Davis. They when they bring something to market, they put it in a lot of trade magazines and a lot of magazines. So if you publicise it as yours as soon as you're developing it. Okay, it's harder yeah, for, it. yeah, because people know this is what you're doing, this is what you're producing. And then if someone then goes, it's almost like, do you, you don't keep it a secret, put it out there yeah. so people know it's yours. Okay. Um, yeah, it's definitive proof it was yours because it's published Yes, at this date. So if you've created it after this date, please copy me. Yeah, yeah. With the unregistered... Sorry, with the unregistered design rights, um, there's differences between the EU and the UK. So in the UK, with this unregistered design rights, it covers 3D designs only. 2D designs need to be registered with the Intellectual Property Office by the UK Designs Registry. And 2D designs are things like textiles and wallpaper. Yeah. So yeah. they're not covered by unregistered design rights, only 3D products. The EU covers both. Um, and in the UK, it protects the appearance which is the lines contour color texture material and shape in the eu it covers the product in its entirety right um unregistered design rights are automatic if the design is original and all your own work it's not commonplace or widely acknowledged within groups of comparable products so it needs to be completely new and it needs to be yours and in the uk it lasts 15 years in the eu it lasts three years so although the eu covers more it covers it for a short period the UK yeah. covers which is which is why you need someone who knows what they're doing yeah and like you said it needs to be evidence so this is needing yes. copies of your design drawings uh, with your bank or solicitor or mailing them back to yourself registered post unopened um, yeah. in the UK design might supply 10 years from when it's first sold or 15 years from creation whichever is first yes. so if you've had this idea and sat on it for a decade you've only got 5 years left yeah so registered in the UK uh, includes appearance, physical shape, configuration and decoration of a product. So registered design rights refer to a product. Um, they last 25 years, but you renew it every five. And That's if it lasts five years, you have to give a license to everyone that requests it. And it makes taking legal action against copying and infringement much more straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got a registered design, you should be displaying the design registration number on pictures of your design so that it's very easy to see that it's your registered design yeah um got to be new not offensive your own intellectual property can't use protective emblems such as crowns flags and Olympic rings but it can't be an invention or how a product works so your registered design right is the product itself yeah um cannot protect functionality of a design so the example was a chair that folds quicker than others of the same kind yes um, and again, there's researchers to check that it doesn't already exist. It's up to you whether you want to register or not register, but it's also up to you to enforce it. No one's going to enforce it for you. No, and it's a lot harder to fight other people, isn't it, than to get yourself sorted. And it's going to cost you up front quite a lot because you're going to have the yeah. solicitor's fees if you're paying for any registrations. Um, yeah. as well as ploughing your money into producing the product. 
But in the long yeah. run, you know, it will make a difference. It will make a difference, but I can also see why people would prefer to go to a company, have them, employ them, and then buy it off them because it saves you having to do all this work because the company will have done it for you. Yeah. But it just means you're not going to get the same level of money back from your invention had you done it yourself. Yes. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot there to, to learn, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, for one, won't be designing or creating anything. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm in no hurry to design anything either. No. Um, And it's a copyright infringement as well. So copyright is an automatic automatic intellectual property right. It lasts, the author's last time, past 70 years. And it gives you moral and economic rights to the work. So moral rights is your right to be identified as the author. Yeah. And the economic is copying, distribution, adaption and broadcasting of the work. Right. Um, let's have a look. Copyright Designs and Patents Act, 1988, Chapter 2, Section 16. Um, it says that <laughs> there must be evidence that a substantial part of the work was used for infringement or to have occurred. Was, was used or for infringement to have occurred. It's objective, but the significance and value of the extract is as important as the quantity. And there's six primary uses of fair dealing. So there's six situations in which you can legitimately copy copyrighted stuff right um, one private study exams and instruction um, and there's a limit on both of them as to how much you can copy it's a percentage i think it's something like five percent or something like that so it's not the entire thing um quotational review which makes me think of like book reviews obviously they can do quotes from a, from a book to be able to as part of a review yeah uh, reporting the news parody and data mining and they're the only times that you can Copy something that has got copy that is copyrighted. Oh my goodness! Recently, without permission. Basically, you can't copy is the long and short of it. Yeah. Once to create something, you can't copy. Buy licenses from the copyright licensing agency. But I looked into things like Disney, and that was looking at upwards of a hundred thousand pounds. But also, it depends on who you are, what you're going to do with it, what you want to copy, because they're not going to license something to you if you're a risk. If you don't have a good product. You know, a good history of creating quality products. If you don't have a big audience, they're less likely to license to you. If there's any question about the quality of what you're doing, they're not going to license to you. Yeah. So the price for them is going to determine, sorry, the risk for them is going to determine how much they charge yeah. you and how much you want to use. But also, they will have copyrighted stuff like elements of design. So things like Ariel's red hair and her clam top will be copyrighted yeah. things. So if you want to do a Disney cake, not only can you not do the characters, you also can't do these individual elements which belong to Disney. I did look on the Disney um, website at the copyright stuff, and even that is a minefield. I mean, the list of people that you need to contact if it's in reference to cake or if it's in reference to, I don't know, artwork or anything, um, yeah. And then they di- Then then it looks like they direct you to certain people who deal with those specific things. Yeah, I'd imagine it's a massive department that's just broken down into lots of specific areas, and there's people that deal with very specific areas themselves rather than the whole thing. Yeah, and it probably is a lot easier just to go to a lawyer and say, "Can you do this for me?" Yeah, because someone with experience in it is going to do it far quicker than you can yourself. Yeah, yeah. We also spoke about um, like licensing, so you didn't know this. I thought it was common knowledge. 
but maybe just across the NHS that Great Ormond Street owned the licensing to Peter Pan. Yes. Hospital. That was that was a nice thing to learn. Thank you, Erica. Yes. You never know this. I thought everyone knew. So yeah, the guy that wrote Peter Pan, um, let me Google, because it's very rude not to know their name when they've done something so nice. <laughs> um, basically was approached by Great Ormond Street and asked a long time ago um, if they'd be able to donate some money um, when the hospital was basically, when they were building the book, so J.M. Barry is the guy's name, so I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but J.M., um, and was asked to donate money to the hospital because they were on the board, because they wanted to build this brand new hospital, this was in like 1929, signed over the rights to their new book, Peter Pan to Great Ormond Street, and the money from that book pretty much built the hospital. They still own the rights to Peter Pan. So anything Peter Pan that any shops produce, any movies that are made, any film productions, any stage shows, anything like that, Great Ormond Street still get all the royalties from it. So it's still bringing them in money. See, I, I like that. And I do think that if that is something that you don't know and you choose to use Peter Pan to do something... Um, yeah. You are actually denying Great Ormond Street of money. Yes. That's what it comes down to, doesn't it? It's who you're actually denying any funds to. It's lovely. Yeah. I like that. It's still bringing in money, and it will do for the duration of his life, plus another, what was it? Where's my copyright notes? Plus 70 years. So they've got a. Oh, they've got a good stint then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's good. So, there are nice things you can do with copyright. There are. There are. There are. <laughs> I have noticed that in the front of books, so I've got a couple of books here. I've got Debbie Brown's Lovable Character Page, which is the one I've noticed it in before. Yeah. Um, there's a section in the front. So this book has got lots of kids' cakes. There's Fun and Sam, there's Flower Fairies, Rumble, Sonic the Hedgehog, Super Mario Brothers, Wallace and Gromit, Rugrats, all that sort of thing. So yeah. all cartoons, essentially. And it says... All the cake designs in this book are for private use only and under no circumstances would the author or publisher permit or authorise any cakes to be produced for commercial purposes. Okay. So you can buy the book and you can make stuff from it but you can't sell it. And I've also got, I picked another book at random and I picked the 100 Butterfree Flowers by Queen of Hearts, which is Valerie, Valeriano and Christina Ong. Yep. And this says... Readers are permitted to reproduce any of the patterns or designers in this book for personal use and without the prior permission of the publisher. However, the designs in this book are copyright and must not be reproduced for resale. I do wonder how many people actually read those bits in books, you know. This is a book of buttercream flowers. So these are all cupcakes that have just got one or a small amount of flowers on them. How many people will have bought that book and unknowingly reproduced it just because they haven't read that bit just because they yeah. to a certain page will have reproduced and sold those designs as yeah. they are you can't protect a technique but you can protect a design yes it's very difficult isn't it it'd be very difficult yeah. to police as well it would but also i think we need to take more responsibility and we need to teach ourselves how to design because i think it's been it's a skill that's been let go yeah like if how do you go about designing your cakes Ooh. Well, talking to customers, usually. <laughs> they usually come to you with a picture of what they want. Sometimes, sometimes they come to a pic- come with a picture. Sometimes they come with a, a design of an invitation. They've, they've generally been inspired 
buy somewhere. Um, and yeah. then I will sit down with them and create something with the elements that they like. Um, because actually, I think we've probably said before, most of them don't actually like the whole cake. There's parts of it oh. they like. Um, and mostly it doesn't doesn't fit with what they want. Um, yeah. You know, they if they've got a wedding and they've got an invitation, or the, then that is a really good place to start with the inspiration for the cake or the dress or something like that. But yeah. they would generally yeah. look on the internet, find a cake, and it's got absolutely nothing to do with the um, actual wedding. I did design a cake once and it was it was a design that I created. I took it to the wedding, I set it up and I was looking around the room thinking there was nothing, nothing that fits with the cake. But they hadn't given yeah. me any details from the from the actual yeah. wedding itself. I did walk away thinking it was a very random cake that sat in that room and didn't tie in with anything else. <laughs> anyone it could have been it really yeah yeah they just pulled it off the street (laughs) i think with the advent of so much information and pictures being our fingertips google images instagram and the like people do tend to come now with a picture and say i want this yes and it's getting out of them what do you like about this because not everyone can imagine stuff they haven't seen my mum's like this and it's i find it very difficult yeah if she has not seen something she cannot imagine it and she will not go for something that she hasn't seen yes yeah so there needs to be i think for those people like that there needs to be a level of trust that they go actually i like everything that you've made so far so i trust you yeah to do this even though i don't know what it's going to look like it's yeah. going to be okay and that's the kind of work i like doing is where people can give me a list of stuff and i've got to incorporate it somehow yeah and go, you know what the design's up to you but i want these elements in it yeah yeah i usually start with um getting lots of dummies down and okay. I will start piling them up um, so that I've got an idea of how many portions they need. And then yeah, we'll yeah. start We'll start very basic and just get a shape. And then once we've yeah, got a shape... Yeah, yes. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you've, um, what you've got. But if it's something physical that they can see, then I find that that actually starts the imagination going. And then once we've once we've done that, I'll usually just get a pen and paper out and start drawing. And I'm quite happy to draw and scribble out and draw and scribble out. Um, I mean, I had very interesting cake that I had to. I know we're digressing slightly. Uh, I had a very interesting oh, cake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very interesting cake that I had to do uh, for a couple, and they were very specific um, that they wanted magic time uh trees the tree of life um and books in this cake okay and uh, that's quite a tall order to try and incorporate all of that but yeah, i have one like that but i absolutely love making it and it was the most random list oh of yeah stuff. i'm just gonna scroll it back to see if i can try and find it yeah because it was a while ago yeah um it was a wedding cake and what they wanted on it was um the couple in the sailing in a sailing dinghy, yeah. a dog in a life jacket, yeah. hunting, a telescope, a microscope, <laughs> and the Greek tile pattern, <laughs> and, a, and a royal ice cocktail. 
<laughs> love it. Love it. But those those things that start making you being quite creative, I think, because you know that you don't want it to be over the top and everything piled on, but you need to add elements of it um, to, to the whole thing. And I, I created um, the stump of a tree. Around the back of the tree was like a books. So that was almost like yeah. a book part of the cake which had the names of the books that were their absolute favourites, which then turned into bark. And then I created this carved part at the front, which I put the Tree of Life on with their names embossed in, which, which then came out to a... We had another tree growing out the top of the cake, which held an open book. And I printed um, a, a story about how they met on there. And it gives you so much more to work with, um, as long as you can see putting it together. Because sometimes some of the things that they come up with, you know, the, the whole concept of time, I had to try and get into there. And that became my, I know, it was, it was quite random, but that became my board. So the drum I covered, and I did that as a wood effect, and I put Roman numerals round to represent the clock. Okay. So it's just trying to come up with the the ideas of how to incorporate it. Yeah. But yeah, it was um, yeah. it was fun. Love it. Yeah. So I think they're the best cakes. Okay, well, sorry. I said I think they're the best cakes. Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, the only way to include a licensed character. If you want to include a licensed character, is to buy yes. a ready-made toy. Yes. And then that goes on your cake because the toy has been licensed. It's yeah. perfectly acceptable to use, but obviously you need to make sure you're using it in a food-safe manner. On a cake board or... Or make a little disc of icing. That's, yeah. what, um, that's what I've done in the past. Make a little disc of icing. They sit on there and then that goes on your cake. And then you yeah. just remove all of that prior to cutting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's ways yeah. around it. I think I think we need to start reteaching design skills. I think that's something that actually it's missing, isn't it? Industry needs to start teaching. Yeah, because I think it's been missed for a long time. Like I did, I did CDT for A level and GCSE. CDT is um, like materials, wood, metal, plastic, yeah. electronics. Um, yeah, and we had to design. We had to create for us. So we had to do something out of wood with the arsenal. We had to do some metal. Um, which I did jewellery, I did casting with Peter and um, electronics. I did a, it was like a light made out of metal that had different bits that slotted in and turned and projected the images onto the wall. And for all of them, our research, we were taught, go and look at what's out there. And this was sort of pre the internet being that massively available. This was like in 2000, so 20 odd years ago. Um, our research was to look through the Argos catalogue, to go to wherever it was, look through their catalogues, cut out pictures of what already existed and analyse what was good and what was bad and then design. Yeah. So you're still teaching, although you're teaching analysis and research, blah, 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 you're still teaching people to take what already exists and take the best of what already exists and put it together yeah. rather than necessarily starting from scratch. And if you're looking about functionality, that's one thing, yes. In terms of safety or functionality, absolutely look to what exists and use what's there. But in terms of design and aesthetics, you don't have to do that at all. You should be starting from scratch and designing for your customer rather than 
yeah. elements of what's already out there. Yeah. I yeah. just don't think we teach it anymore. No. It's so much more fun doing that. So, Erica, what, what ones to watch have we got this week? Well, I was torn this week. So, I was torn between two different cookie and, and biscuit decorators. But that is kind of my favourite thing on Instagram is the cookies and biscuits. That is where I find they are the best. Um, and this week I have decided to go for sprinkle and whisk. So it's, if you want to search for sprinkle and whisk, it's the words sprinkle and A-N-D, whisk as all one thing. Um, it's a lady called Danielle. It says, hi, I'm Danielle, full-time mum, part-time baker, content creator, lifestyle and cookie classes. And she is in Okanagan, BC. Yeah. Yeah, British <laughs> Columbia. I know BC is British Columbia because I looked this up. Well so. done. <laughs> not the UK. Yeah. <laughs> She's abroad. That's what you know. Um, if you click through to her website on the About Me page, it says she was born in Vancouver um, and then grew up in Mexico and then moved back to Vancouver. She's got some beautiful stuff. She has got stunning stuff. So her page is mostly decorated biscuits and cookies. They're decorated with royal icing. So they're usually flooded. Um, and then with either some detailed pipes on the top or drawn on the top. Um, her style's very modern. So there's a lot of muted colours, some beautiful writing. Um, it's quite arty, yeah, isn't it? It's really stunning. It's very arty. It's the kind of thing that you could imagine either on a greetings card in a fancy shop yeah. or some nice wallpaper or in a framed print, that sort of style. Yeah. It's all very beautiful, all very muted pastel colours. Um, and, yeah, I find them really inspiring. I love the way she does her writing. It's really, really beautiful. She's you know, got some really, really stunning... I was just about um, to say that to you. I've just found um, some fantastic writing she's done. Oh, yes. On, a, on a cookie. Yeah. It, is a, it's a biscuit. it says, we don't give up, we step up. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, they're really, really lovely. I think she's come at it from an, definitely from an art background by the looks of things, I would say. It's very, if she, she could easily be been an illustrator. Yes. Yeah, it's not something that I, I'd need a template or something to work yeah, from. Yeah, but a lot of the designs are actually really simple in terms of being not fussy. So there's a lot which are quite a plain background with just a bit of writing with a splash of colour. Yeah. And they look absolutely fantastic. It's just the way that they've been put together. Yeah. Most things are, aren't they, when you break them down? Yeah. Um, you take elements. It's when you look at it at a whole and you kind of think, oh, my goodness, I couldn't do that. But she's yeah. got some fantastic, beautiful, yeah. beautiful work. I think... The thing that makes it look really beautiful as well is I think her piping, her her writing piping is in a double zero. Yes. And that's, because it's incredibly fine. Yeah. And, and she I gets a lot, she gets a lot in a small space. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I also like the fact that most of the biscuits are really normal shapes. They're all circles and they're squares or they're hearts. They're nothing too fancy. It's just what's been done on them that makes them look quite spectacular. Yes. I think there is an element of imagination that you need to be able to look at something, just something circular, and then yeah. say, this could be an apple. This could be, you know. Yeah. I'd look at it and go, oh, it's a ball. Yeah. <laughs> and there's ones that we both picked up, which we both loved, the um, Dahlia ones. So these are on a circular cookie with a fluted edge. Um, they're flooded white and then they've got a pink flooded section and a green flooded section and a yellow flooded section and it makes up a little dahlia plant. The details of the dahlia have been drawn over and Super. then piped over the top of it. It says, a September day, hashtag style start something workshop. Um, yeah. It's basically promotional cookies that she's done for 
a company and they look absolutely stunning but it's just a plain circle yeah essentially but they look absolutely amazing yeah yeah i so, really love those yeah that's sprinkle and whisk if you would like to check her out and give her a follow i think she's very good i have done so in with immediate effect <laughs> lovely and who have you got well i have again i was torn um but having scrolled through instagram i came across miss haversham's cakes so again mm. that's all one word and haversham how are you spelling haversham h-a-v-i-s-h-a-m-s so it's okay. miss haversham's cakes <laughs> that's a mouthful isn't it when you're trying to say it fast um, and she, I believe, I have done a lot of scrolling because I was trying to find her name um, and I did find somebody who obviously knows her and said, well done, Joe." So this is, this is Joe. <laughs> it was name and not a nickname. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. And she comes from Ponticloon in the Cardiff and Bridgend area. Wales. I, I don't know it well, but I absolutely love what she's done the colors that she uses are superb she, the way she mixes yeah. and matches and it's again it's quite arty it's very arty she uses very simple shapes so almost all of her cakes are a double height round yes single tier. yeah gives her and a lot of so yeah gives her a lot of work a lot of um space to produce stuff doesn't it and yeah. she's used lace in a, a, such an imaginative way so kind of cutting it up and then painting it and sticking it on um it yeah. looks very layered she's got a lot of light layering type effects mm, on these are really bright colors they're kind of a mix between a collage they remind me of if you tear up lots of bits of um not wrapping paper it's like tissue paper, paper. tissue like, paper yeah and then you stick them all on and make a collage with that. Yeah. That sort of thing is the kind of background she's got yeah. on her. She's got a beautiful one that's really navy and she's put pinks on top and then she's added uh, gold like dragees on there. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I've just seen it. Yeah, that, uh, they're Lovely. just... Yeah, that's the one I was looking at. Yeah, they're yeah. beautiful, aren't they? Yeah, they're all very abstract, but they're very, yes. very striking. And although they're very similar, they're all very different as well. They are. They are. It's um, it's lovely when you walk when you scroll back through her, mm. through her stuff. Um, she's. I really like this. Yes. Which is she's got some lips, like, hasn't she? They're like yeah, leopards. Leopards. Like leopards. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are um, actually with white teeth and a red tongue. She's. And then, on a white cake and the background is splattered in leopard print colours. You'll like that oh, one then. ones as well. Yeah, she's got one mm. further down that's like a mustardy, orangey yellow. And again, she's got lips on the front, which are like rainbow coloured, reds yeah. into orange and green into blue. Um, yeah, there's some lovely patterns as well with the dragees, like yes, um, like Peru, you know, those kind of yeah. the traditional Peruvian clothing, that sort of patterns. And yeah, yeah, colours. Yeah, very She's, nice, very yes. nice indeed. It's different. It's different. Um, yeah, I'm giving her you... a follow. It's very arty, isn't it? You can tell yeah. she's an artist. Yes, stunning. Yeah, I'm, stunning, I'm but love... not particularly difficult. And I think this is a very good example of designing. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Not copying other people's designs and coming up with your own. Yeah, yeah. They're beautiful. 
She's been doing some of those. Uh, what's the what's the cakes um, that have got the buttercream inside? I'm just um, oh, it's on the oh, tip of my tongue. Doing the fault line ones. That's the ones. <laughs> but she's <laughs> but she's doing the fault lines with just you know it's just different. Oh, there's one with those. There's yes. Image in the fault line. Well, she's just done them. She's got one that's just been painted gold underneath with a. With a pale gold, um, sorry, pale blue outside. Um, it's yeah. not. Too, I think it's not too fussy. I think that fault lines yeah. kind of got. They're quite fussy with too much having, going on, wasn't yeah, there? with all the um, sprinkles and stuff. And I don't know about you, but I really don't fancy biting into a load of sprinkles. No, on, I don't. Of... Do you know what else I really appreciate? What's that? The curation on her page is really nice. So when you look at her grid and you go. To her profile she's done three photos of every single cake so across one yeah. line it's the same cake three times and that's really nice because it just gives you different views of the same cake and it's yes. very nice to see yeah miss havisham's cakes well i think Thank we've come to the <laughs> oh, you're very welcome <laughs> i'm so pleased she came up in my feed <laughs> right well i think we've uh, we've done for this week haven't we thank you for listening to our second podcast in isolation i think we've uh, social distanced about 15 miles we'd love it if you'd leave us a five-star review on itunes we'll link the things we've mentioned in the show notes below you can follow us on instagram at the sugarcraft junkies and we'll be back on the 10th of june when we talk about starting a cake business so see you then bye, bye.